This is the Policy of His Podcast. I'm your host, John Schwabish. Welcome to the episode. I'm really happy to have with me today Dave Bruns from ExcelJet.net. Dave, how are you? I'm good. Thank you, John. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, I'm excited. We're going to pivot a little bit in this, uh, no pun intended, because we are going to talk about pivot tables, but uh, we're going to pivot on this episode a little bit. I've been talking to folks who are uh, really good with color with Rob Simmons, uh, doing some interesting work on algorithms with Nick Diacopoulos from the University of Maryland, uh, teaching data visualization with Scott Murray. And so we're moving ahead with some teaching um, topics here because Dave and his site is doing some really interesting work uh, with teaching Excel with lots of different videos on the site, all these sort of uh, bite-sized videos that uh, you can use to learn all about uh, all about the the tool and the software. Um, so, Dave, I wanted to ask you uh, to start. Um, maybe talk about how you got into this, uh, how you started this site, because I know this isn't. Uh, you sort of took a, a different route to sort of uh, get to this place. Yeah. So I was a I was a manager for a long time, kind of in the corporate world, and the last company I worked at did training, online training, and uh, I just wanted to, and I knew a lot about Excel, and I, I had built a bunch of websites, and so, um, and I did that as a hobby. So I wanted to try to put that together and build a site, a resource site for Excel that had both training, but also just resources, like shortcuts and formulas and functions and so on. Um, and really, I kind of got into it naively. I was kind of, uh, you know, had turned 50 and I was like thinking what's next having a midlife crisis and <laughs> it seemed like something that would be fun to do and uh, you know and so I just kind of went for it um, naively and been at it now for about two and a half years. Yeah it's great and so you've got a bunch of different products on the site you've got your small videos you've got the longer videos that are sort of these uh, classes that people can take and then of course you have the Excel shortcut PDF and the sort of laminated card, and that was my first introduction. I was actually out uh, for coffee with a friend, and I, she had just gotten a Mac, and I said, have you seen this Excel shortcut card? And she said, oh, that's Dave's. And uh, so that was our, that was our first introduction. Um, the shortcut card is great. So let me start by asking you then, what is your favorite Excel shortcut, keyboard shortcut? Well, there's so many, of course, it's hard to know. Yeah. Um, I, I like Control-Enter. Uh -huh. uh, it's it's something that's a little unusual, but uh, you can use it to enter the same value into multiple cells, and you can do that with a value or with a formula. I also like the shortcut F9. If you don't know it, it's um, it allows you to you can select anything in a formula and uh, click F9 on a, on a Mac. It's uh, function F9, mm -hmm. and it will it'll solve that part of the formula for you. So I use that constantly when I'm trying to debug a formula or figure out why it's not working. Um, so I'd recommend that people don't use that. They they look into that one. That's a good one. My favorite is uh, Control One or Command One on the Mac. It gives you into the formatting menu of anything, numbers, charts. Um, that's my favorite. So if you yeah, I like know, that one too. And it, that's the nice thing about Control One too is you don't have to worry about what the what state the ribbons in. in. Right. It's, yeah. It's be on any tab. Right. But you, you can always get to the same formatting controls without even thinking about without it. Without even thinking about it. Yeah, it's great. So let's talk about, before we sort of get into um, other sorts of uh, Excel shortcuts and skills that people should know, I want to talk, I want to ask you a little bit about your process of creating these videos. Because you've got, I mean, dozens of these, of these videos. They're all like three to four minutes and then, of course, the longer ones. Um, and they're all really, um, you know, you're really enthusiastic in them and you get these nice bite-sized pieces 
of Excel tips that you can use, and I use them all the time. So, but I want to talk about your your sort of your process for doing that. How, do you do you storyboard the 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 talk? Do you then record and then narrate while you're doing it, or do you narrate after you're done recording the screenshot? And what are the tools that you use? Do you use WebEx? Do you use uh, QuickTime? You know, what, are, what what's your process all the way through? Sure. So. Uh, I've tried a couple of different things, and I do some uh, longer format videos, you know, like say nine, ten minutes, where I'll walk through three examples or six examples or twelve examples of something, uh, and I do those real time with you know where I've practiced a bunch of times ahead of time. And if they seem like they're too long, a lot of times I'll come back and um, and speed up certain sections where I'm just doing something repetitive, going into dialogues and doing the same thing that I just showed you a few seconds ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use for that, I use ScreenFlow on a Mac. <clears throat> I record everything, almost everything, using um, actually on the Windows side. So I actually run VMware on the same Mac. Yeah. And I run Windows 7 with Excel 2010. And so if I do a real-time thing, I record it using ScreenFlow with the built-in um, recording that's there. And I use, a, I use a nice mic on a mic stand so that I, or a, on a mic arm so I don't have it on my desk. So you don't hear any hum or vibration or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I do most of the videos for, for actual uh, course instruction, and I think we have now right about 300 total. Um, I think of that 300, maybe there's like 50 or 60 that are public, just open to anybody, and the rest of them are in courses mm-hmm. um, that we sell. But like we're right about 300, and for that process, my normal process is to outline the course in sections and try to name the videos that I want to create in some way that I understand and that I hope somebody else would understand, um, and then stick to one topic in each video. So generally speaking, try to keep that to three minutes. And I found that for me personally, I can voice probably, uh, you know, 300 or 400 words in around 300 or around three minutes. And if it gets up above 400 words too much, it's not going to, it'll definitely be more than three minutes. Three minutes is nothing magic. I just have this idea that it's around then, that people start to lose mm-hmm. their focus sometimes if it goes on too long. So I record everything in advance, and I use I just use actually in that case I use Audacity, which is a free right. application. Um, again, I use a nice mic, and uh, once I have it recorded, I edit the audio to make sure that because I usually just when I screw things up, I just keep I just do another take, another take until I get it right. Right. I come back, take all that out, and then I put in pauses if I need the pauses where I know I'm going to be doing a lot of different things in Excel. And then I come back and I start ScreenFlow and I start the audio at the same time and I then record the video part. And then I bring them back together in ScreenFlow and then we do a final edit to take out parts that didn't work or problems, which actually is usually I practice enough so that I, I don't make that many mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyway, th- that's how I do it. The, the one problem with doing it in advance is you lose the kind of real-time authentic sound in your voice so mm-hmm. um which bothers me actually i'd like i'd like to do it the other way where it was real time but then you hear all the mouse clicks all the mistakes go in there um yeah. and i think you have more post editing yeah and then you're like oh and by the way i've done it this way but if you did this other thing this other way and you sort of can trail off it sounds like you're actually scripting out each yeah. each episode yeah and for me like i am terrible at getting into tangents right so <laughs> Even even if I go into it thinking, okay, I'm going to stick to this one topic, it's quite likely that I'll end up, if I'm doing it, if I'm showing you how to do something or if I'm not scripted, it's quite likely that I'll end up getting in, off into at least one and maybe more tangents. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. And sometimes you get into an area where you think exactly, you're like, oh, let me show you this one other thing, and then you go look at it, it doesn't work. Or you forgot that there's a setup thing that you didn't do. And I just found that the only way for me to really keep it short and sweet is to script it ahead of time. And, of course, the nice thing then is I can look over the text and I can adjust the vocabulary. Like sometimes you'll call something something in one place and then you'll refer to it some other different way in a different part of the video. So that allows me to clean that up mm-hmm. before I voice it. But like I said, the one thing you end up with then is a little bit more of a scripted sound. It sounds more cor- kind of more corporate and mm-hmm. like, you know, that's something to work on. Right, right, right. So you have 300 or so videos. What have you found are the most um, popular videos or popular well, topics, I should say? Yeah. I mean, everybody likes if you look up. Yeah, um, and I think struggles with it to some extent because of the way the arguments are set up and the function. Like people run into problems with matching all the time because the last the last argument is something yeah the last argument yep. um, index match of course um, some productivity tips like uh, you know like for example how to if you've got if you have some raw data and you've got ten thousand rows but you've got eleven hundred rows that are blank. There's some nice tricks for deleting all those rows using GoToSpecial. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do GoToSpecial, then blanks, and then you delete everything. And you can, you can clean up data like that really fast with some kind of um, approaches that you wouldn't normally think of. And those people really like those too. Uh, conditional formatting as well because I think it's great. When people see the, when they're, when they see Excel help them find what they're looking for, that's really powerful. Because I think a lot of times people feel like Excel's not helping them. It's actually mm-hmm. making them suffer. So, yeah. um, conditional formatting is another area where I think once people kind of get it, they really like it. And so, are most of your uh, folks who are buying the services or, or logging on, are, do you have a sense of where, what fields they're in for the most part? Are they mostly sort of business, corporations, marketing? Are they uh, analysts, sort of junior analysts? Do you have a sense of who these who the folks are? Well, I do only to say that like they're all over the map. And oh, yeah. that's partly because, um, you know, I didn't, when I started off, I knew I, there's a lot of advice out there, you know, if you're going to build something, some web property that you should be as focused and focused on one niche as possible. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, the more narrow the niche, the better. But um, I didn't really know exactly where I wanted to end up. And I was more interested in kind of general uh, resources for the average person. And so I kept it not, like I didn't specialize, specialize in a niche. And because of that, I have analysts, I have consultants, I have people that just, you know, work at an insurance company or whatever yeah. and use Excel all the time. They're really all over the map. And um, and also because of that, I started with kind of foundational stuff like here's how you insert columns and rows, you know, here's how the worksheet works, here's how the grid works, here's how references work, all these basic things which you have to know to be productive in Excel but are honestly kind of boring to, 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 to go through. Yeah, yeah. Um, happy to say I'm done with that part now. <laughs> Well, what's interesting is I find in the in the data visualization community, especially people say, "Oh, Excel's terrible because it creates terrible data visualizations." To which I always say, "Excel doesn't actually create anything. You, as a user, create something, and you have to sort of override a lot of those defaults." But your your content is mainly focused on uh, the increase in the productivity of people who are actually working with the data in in Excel, as opposed to the the visualization piece. Yeah. So far, I haven't even, I've done, you know, six or seven videos related to charting, and I've done about 25 related to conditional formatting or so, right around that number. But I haven't actually 
done anything really extensive on visualization, like specifically, or on charting. They're yeah. actually kind of on my list, and I hope to this summer spend some more time uh, doing that. Oh, nice. That'd be and, great. and like you said, so far it's been more like how does the average person just work faster and more productively in Excel? Really, I had the kind of idea that, um, you know, just be nice to be able to get your work done, feel like Excel's doing more work for you as opposed to you doing all the work for Excel, and yeah. then, you know, be able to go on, go home on time or else just go on and do something else. Right, instead of fighting with it all the time. Um, so, so you've worked with a lot of people. You've been creating these, these videos. Are there things people... Are there things you think people should know about Excel that they, they don't or they don't seem to do very well? Well, um, I think that, yeah, I mean, there's some things that are, you know, like the referencing, referencing topic is, is a big problem for a lot of people. They just never really, um, you know, never really learned the difference between a relative and an absolute reference. And it is, it's kind of an annoying topic because it's sort of abstract. But I think if you spend a little bit of time with it, you'll get it. And once you get it, you kind of never do forget it. Um, related to that is... I, I use named ranges all the time, and I use named ranges instead of making references absolute, and mm -hmm. you know because they basically are equivalent that way. And one of the great benefits of naming something is you can make formulas that are way easier to understand. And yeah. and so I really think that's something. If you don't name ranges, in a lot of cases, um, even just one or two ranges on a worksheet can really make your formulas a lot easier to understand. Um, if you work with data, I would highly recommend that you. Um, you know that you become at least pretty familiar and at least moderately productive with pivot tables because they're kind of hard to make them do what you want initially. But if you spend some time with them, you can really save a lot of time. And once you understand how they work and what they're good at, um, you can really use them productively. And you can, you know, somebody can give you fifty thousand rows of data and you can understand it in ten minutes, right. and which is really you know an amazing capability. And finally. Um, I would always recommend if you don't use conditional formatting, it's something you should totally look into because having Excel highlight certain cells for you that you're interested in seeing um, is really powerful. And for example, you can do things like if you have a lot of data, you can put a little search box at the top of that data, have it so that when you type in some text, it highlights the rows in that table below that have that text in it. And that's a great way to, um, you know, to quickly find information in a big list. Even, you know, I like it better than filtering because you can see all the data. Um, you know, you're not hiding the data by just sort, just filtering on only the stuff you're looking for. Yeah. Um, and that's the kind of thing you can do with conditional formatting that I think is really, um, really useful. Yeah, and one of your, one of your latest videos is how to uh, apply, how to use a formula with conditional formatting, which I think is a, um, in, in my experience, it's a hugely underutilized feature of the conditional formatting. And it's not so simple to sort of implement. So I think that that is a, an incredibly valuable uh, video that you've put up. Yeah, you know, the form, it's funny because Microsoft is, it, you know, they're kind of a marketing company, I think, in a lot of ways. And they, uh, under the conditional formatting menus, menu, there's all these presets yeah. um, that already exist. And they do all sorts of stuff like top 10, bottom 10, you know, above average, below average text contains and so on and so forth. But in a way, they what happens when people use those is they don't really understand how to use a formula. And really the most useful way to use conditional formatting is with a formula because then you can you can make it do whatever you want. And a great example would be if you want to, if you've got a list, two different lists, and you want to highlight the things that are different in, that, in those lists, conditional formatting is a great way to do it, but you're not going to easily be able to do it using the um, built-in stuff. You're going to have to use a formula. And yeah. it's not a complicated formula. Right. Um, but you'll, you'll need to use a, a formula in that case. Yeah. 
Um, I would say on the named ranges, my, my problem always with named ranges is I tend to want to name all of my ranges like data or table. <laughs> so I, things always end up crashing on me because I like haven't I haven't brought over this sort of mindset of variable names into Excel where I'm sort of you know these name ranges need to be thought more of variable names as opposed to just a label. Uh, yeah, that's I, that's true. There's some kind of weird. If you watch like somebody who's more of a developer, like a programmer, they will always prefix all their names with like you know if it's a list it'll be like LST something, mm -hmm. and if it's a table it'll be TBL something. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like if you choose some really generic names, you can run into some conflicts in, in Excel. Yeah. And what about pivot tables? I think I mean I th there's there's a lot of videos on the site about pivot tables. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I guess I guess are there are there places where people are not using pivot tables that they should, and vice versa? Are people using pivot tables where maybe that's just sort of over engineering their worksheets, and and maybe should just you know try a different uh, try a different approach. Well, I think you can, if you have well-structured data, I don't really think you can go wrong with a pivot table um, in most cases because it's, you know, there's a lot of, there's a couple of reasons. One of them is that you don't need to use any formulas at all, generally. And, you know, so Excel's doing that work for you. And um, as long as you've got your data set up right, you're going to get really clean results without any errors. And it's going to be really fast. Like, so basically it's, you know, I actually did a, re a video recently where I, built three different reports manually using things like sum ifs and count ifs, um, those sort of functions. And then I built the same reports using pivot tables. And even if you're really good at Excel and know what you're doing, there's just no way you can do it anywhere near as fast as you can do it with a pivot table as long as the data is in good shape. Um, and it's, I think, in general, a lot more accurate because it's, it's really easy to have a reference, get out of whack somewhere in Excel, mm -hmm. and never notice it. In fact, that huge... Uh, economic problem. I don't know how many years ago it was. You know where the yeah yeah that the, was uh, caused just by somebody missing. It clipped off five rows of data accidentally. Right. Nobody noticed it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, as much as I sort of dislike this idea that Excel makes bad data visualizations, I'm also not a huge fan of doing all of my data work in Excel uh, because yeah. for that for that exact reason, especially if you're just highlighting and not using formulas, I'm always surprised when people don't use a lot of the formulas you've mentioned, like if. Uh, like the index and match and VLOOKUP because and not not reading in their data, like copying from the screen and just pasting it into Excel, and that, that just leads to a lot of problems. Yeah. Um, well, this has been really interesting. This is great. Um, I really enjoy the videos, and I hope other folks uh, are checking them out. Um, so thanks so much for uh, coming on the show. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, thanks, everyone out there, for listening. If you have any uh, comments or suggestions, please let me know on the, uh, on the website, policyviz.com, or hit me up on Twitter. And um, I am John Schwabish, and this has been the Policy of His Podcast. Thank you for listening. Hey, listener, if you're still there, thanks so much for staying tuned. Dave and I are really happy to offer a discount on both of our shortcut cards. Dave offers, is offering 20% off of his Excel shortcut uh, worksheet, and I'm offering the same 20% off my PowerPoint shortcut cheat sheet. So if you go to either of our sites and enter the discount code PolicyVizPodcast, all one word, you'll receive 20% off. Thanks again for listening.